Welcome to the God's Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kelly. Our previous episode asked you to begin grappling with a disturbing question. Why do so many Christians today care so little about the injustice in the world around them? The hard truth is that today as before, the Lord God must save His people. They pay me lip service, but their hearts are far from me. We rebelled against His ways, and in judgment, the Lord exiled us to Babylon. Our response was, instead of repenting and returning to the Lord's way of life, to join the Babylonians in their self-indulgent pursuit of happiness. And putting me first automatically means loving myself far more than I love my neighbor. It means turning a blind eye to the injustice that is devouring other souls so I can pursue the Babylonian dream for myself. Somehow, we deluded ourselves into thinking we could party with the pagans on the highway to hell and still arrive at the gate that opens into God's holy city. If you are at all bothered by the collapse of our communities and lives, perhaps including your own life, then you need to understand how to escape from Babylon. And to do that, we need to go back to where our tragic story begins. We need to understand what happened in the beginning. Every journey begins with the first step. Every story starts in the beginning. And this story, like our journey, is no exception. Do you remember the Bible's very first words? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You know how this story begins. Before God spoke, nothingness. Then God speaks, light. The Creator separates light from darkness. Then comes sky and land, sun, moon, and stars, plants and trees, fish, birds, and animals. Finally, God said, let us make people in our image to be like ourselves. God created everything, you included. Some deny that and insist it's all accident and coincidence, but the evidence and our hearts say otherwise. And if Almighty God creates, what sort of creation is the result? Genesis 1.31 tells us, Then God looked over all He had made, and He saw that it was excellent in every way. Excellent in every way. In the Bible's original language, the word translated excellent means good, pleasant, agreeable. It implies being in a place where people are glad and happy and prosperous, where the world is right and everyone enjoys well-being. Every need is met. Sounds like heaven on earth, doesn't it? A place of harmony and wholeness where each life, including yours, has meaning and purpose. A place of freedom from sickness and death, from greed and hatred, from oppression and injustice of every kind. One commenter says God's fresh creation was, quote, free of problems, full of promise, 
a majestic display of power and purpose bathed in innocence. End quote. God designed his world to work in a certain way within a particular set of relationships between himself and humanity, between people and the rest of creation, between the man and woman and their descendants. The way God created the world reflects who he is. The creation story reveals God's vision for the life he intended us to enjoy. It describes how things should be. It defines the ultimate justice only God can provide, wholeness of life and body, harmony in right relationships, prosperity, success, and fulfillment, and victory over the enemy of all that is good. That is peace and justice, true and complete. If you look around you, or in the mirror, you know this isn't the way the world is now. If you've read the Bible, you know what happened to destroy the peace and what God did to open a way back. There's more to this story than the first chapter and more to this journey than the first step. Humanity had taken its first step into a harmonious world of true peace and justice. The second step was a killer. The freedom to be at peace with God and the world also included the freedom to make choices, including bad ones. Mankind was free to go its own way, to seek its own fortunes, rather than enjoy the prosperity God had created for them. You know chapter 2 of this story too, don't you? The Creator gave Adam and Eve permission to eat the fruit of any tree in the garden except one, the tree of knowing good and evil. His warning was clear, if you eat it, you will surely die. But a voice of rebellion whispered in the garden, Did God really say you must not eat any of the fruit in the garden? If you eat that tree's fruit, you won't die. Your eyes will be opened. You'll become just like God. You will know everything. The man and woman were free to listen, free to disobey God, and free to live with the consequences. So what do we choose? To listen to the tempter, to abandon the roles ordained for us by the Creator, to rebel against the way God had created the world to work, to seek our own destiny in our own way. The consequences? Shockwaves rumbled across the universe. The harmony was shattered. Peace would dissolve into war. Freedom would give way to slavery. Prosperity would give way to poverty. Oppression, sickness, greed, and hatred would sweep through the human soul. Living souls created in the image of God would be shattered in every way. Mankind chose rebellion over relationship that day, and God banished us from heaven on earth. Every generation since has suffered because the man and woman believed an attractive lie. You can be God. You are gods. You will be gods. 
Each generation continues to believe its own version of the attractive lie. God had created a good world designed to work in a certain way, but humanity broke the harmony and ruined the relationship. By choosing deception and the brokenness that comes with rebellion, people enslaved themselves to their own lusts and passions. You deserve a break today. Obey your thirst. If it feels good, do it. If you don't want it, if it's inconvenient, kill it. A rebellious spirit makes us vulnerable to deception. Disobedience leaves us broken. And when God's peace is broken, His justice is lost. And all we have left is captivity and oppression. And the most insidious captivity of all is the one in which the slave thinks himself free. We see so much meanness in the world, and we each feel insignificant and powerless. Just one little person who hasn't accomplished what he thought he would. We become skilled at keeping up appearances, even able to deceive ourselves. But down deep, each of us knows a monster lives in our private place. Every one of us is broken. Each one suffers in her own captivity. Each heart is dark. Oppression breeds would-be oppressors. Broken souls feel compelled to lord it over other broken souls. We have believed attractive lies, and in turn we tell attractive lies to gain power over others. We will resort to brute force to get what we want if we think we can get away with it. In my heart's dark place, I am a would-be oppressor. I am only too willing to rebel against God's ways. There is no wickedness I cannot rationalize if I believe I will get what I want. There is no evil I cannot ignore if I believe I will be better off. I am broken. My biggest problem is that a broken person can't fix himself. I need someone to rescue me, as do you. Thank you for listening to this point. I hope you will visit the show notes on godsrevolution.net and subscribe to the podcast. We aren't opening these posts to comments, but I would be delighted to hear your feedback and thoughts if you email me using the link in our show notes. I'm sure many of you can deepen our understanding of these matters and help guide us into a clearer vision for cultivating social justice. Perhaps we'll even be able to incorporate your insights into future episodes. Speaking of which, our next episode will explore chapter 3 of The Big Story, in which the God who created peace and justice in the first place sets out to rescue his children who had turned their backs on him and fallen into the hellish consequences of their own bad choices. Until we meet again, God be with you.